acid pop in my stomach. This gun case is the smallest and least impressive of the three in the apartment, but they're all pretty imposing. They're tall and made of oak, with locked cabinets at the bottom, and when I was a kid, they emitted a dark and scary force field. They were deeply frightening and unbearably tempting. After all, Having a dad who's armed and dangerous offers few benefits. But bragging to your friends about handling weapons is one of them. Guns are kept in cases to keep them away from moisture, and touching my father's guns was always discouraged. I'm very tempted to grab one now, as I stand here on the veldt with Gonville, but I've just come from the bathroom and my hands are still wet. My father hangs his ratty old towels right over the cat's litter box, where they've soaked up years of crap fumes, and whenever I'm at my dad's place, I spend six or seven minutes with wet hands because I'm so afraid to use the towels. So I keep my hands at my side and my feet to the floor, despite a very strong urge to leave. Not because I'm brave, but because I'm scared. Scared of a lot of things, especially my father, and I don't want to be scared anymore. It was only two weeks ago that I had my eyes reopened to all the reasons he scares me. My mother, my brothers, my sister, and I have only recently started talking about Dad and the past. And since then, I've thought about nothing else but coming here about what I would say when I got here, and what my father would do. If I leave here now, I'll only be back in an hour, at least in my mind. I'm here because I need to get away from this place. So I stay. I stay even though I've reached the 40-minute mark, a time limit I gave myself years ago for visits to the Velt, as a way of avoiding the humid guilt that would cling to me after seeing the look on my father's face if I left too early, making the walk back to the Upper West Side feel like trudging through molten rubber, and also of avoiding the rage that would stiffen my neck if I stayed too long, making the walk home not just difficult but dangerous because of my inattention to looking both ways when I crossed the street. So I may be risking death by Columbus Circle to stay. But that would be better than being crushed under the wheels of what's been heading my way for as long as I can remember. Part 1 Chapter 1 Okay, I'm flying. I'm three years old and I can fly. Who knew? But I'm always full of surprises, and today's is that I'm flying. Not in an airplane, but like Superman, with my arms stretched out in front of me and the wind in my face. There's a lot of turbulence, but I'm not flying through the sky. I'm setting what must be the indoor airspeed record, flying down a long stairwell without touching the stairs. The turns are very tight really scary, and as I approach each one, 
I sense that I'm flying too fast, and that I'm going to crash into the wall. I don't know how I'm doing it, what's propelling me or holding me up, but my thoughts seem to play a role. Just as I think, I need to slow down if I'm going to make this turn, I do, and I keep going. Years later, when I was eight, and sensing that this was not just a dream but a memory, I would spend hours trying to reconnect with my superpowers, which by that time had apparently gone into remission. I was especially interested in that thought-controlled steering system. It implied that I could make things happen just by thinking about them, and that was particularly appealing to me. So I made up concentration exercises that I would do in bed at night, hoping the next day I'd be able to steer baseballs to my bat and turn Rebecca Lowenstern's face my way. I would stare and stare...